Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Jackson trying to escape and run for it, and he's got it more. Lamar Jackson down the sideline. Will they give it to him? They will. Touchdown, Baltimore. And with 117 left to play on Wild Card Weekend, the Hayes in the Barn. Oh my God! I wish you guys could. I wish we had a camera in here so you could see what we're doing. We're just a bunch of <laughs> clowns in here. <laughs> How much fun is that? All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beat Town Podcast. It is Tuesday, November second. My name is Jake Luke. I'm joined on my screen by. Spencer Nathaniel Schultz, how's it going, bud? Going quite well. We just had, the mo- I think, the most fun interview we've ever had on this podcast, I, I dare to say. We've had some pretty cool guests over time. Pat Ricard, you know, tons of media guys, you know, all of all kinds. And, wow, we had uh, we had the missile, Kadri Ishmael, come on, and he just tore the place down. He even had a little technical difficulty in the middle of it, was bringing the energy, froze, lags out, comes back in with the same energy. So that was an absolute blast, I think. Everyone is going to enjoy that interview. He had so much to say, so many different aspects about life, about football, about, uh, you know, bringing positivity in different areas, a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. So that's going to be a fun one. We're really excited to bring that one to you guys. And it's, uh, it's the bye week and we've had some weird stuff going on over the last couple of days, uh, Ravens news, all kinds of funky stuff, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, getting back to that time, second half of the year and Baltimore Ravens are, are ready to rock and roll. It looks like. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, I, I wish I would say that, or I wish I could say that I'm surprised, but like knowing him and like watching his broadcast over the years and how much fun of a player he was, I didn't really get a chance to watch a ton of him. But like, if you go back and watch videos and like the America's game from 2000, he's kind of all over that, uh, just as a, a lively, lively character. So we had, it's been a while in the making, like he and I, he and I had traded DMS like a while back and, uh, we just weren't able to work the timing out, but the fact that we were able to finally work it out, I think was really great. And, uh, yeah, just a, a life affirming chat with him. I think uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. It's a ton of fun. He's uh, I, I don't think shy and uh, being a little bit of a homer, but he also brings some good analysis, and uh, that's kind of what we go for on this program here. So I think it was a, a good personality match in that respect, and I think he's going to exactly. Gonna that's a good way that. to put it. It was definitely a personality match. Definitely, and there's uh there is some news to get to, but before we get into that, do you want to talk about Zubu? I do want to talk about Zuboot. I am pumped to talk about Zuboot. Baltimore Beatdown Podcast has a new official sponsor, and we're super excited to talk about it. We're going to be ripping and roaring with them. Get us started, Jakey boy. 
So they are now, as you mentioned, an official sponsor of the pod. So support the pod and be game day ready with the official Baltimore Beatdown Podcast Wallet, which I have in the other room. I'm going to have to go get that at some point. So uh, Zuboot's premium designed wallets are built from high performance aluminum secured with RFID technology and backed by an exclusive warranty. Zuboot wallet prints are vibrant and there are a ton of amazing designs to choose from. Zuboot wallets are also 100% customizable to fit any activity and lifestyle. They are perfect for going to the game or concert, going out to the bar or restaurant, going for a hike or a run, wherever you go and whatever you do, there is a Zuboot wallet for you. Go to Zuboot.com. That is Z-U-B-O-O-T dot com slash discount slash podcast beatdown or use the promo code podcast beatdown all one word at checkout to get 15% off your order and to get your very own Baltimore beatdown podcast wallet search for it in the search bar at the top of our website again visit zuboot.com slash discount slash podcast beatdown today that is z-u-b-o-o-t one more time zuboot life is yours live it up these are fun these are fun wallets they're uh, sick man I I uh, our buddy Mike sent them to us and go get mine. I have lost my wallet at least five times in my life. No, no BS. Like I always lose my wallet or I always have a card slip out. So then I have the iPhone and I start, you know, using the money clip on the back of the iPhone and then a card falls out and then I don't know where my license is and I have to replace my license and I don't have my license. Stupid stuff like that has happened to me so much. These things, the best part about Zuboot to me is the fact that they like are aluminum and you can like feel it it's like has a little bit of weight to it it's not heavy but it has weight to it and it's so compact it can hold up to 12 cards uh what we think they're sick for is number one going to the bar number two use them as a game day wallet i know psl owners like or you know people who own season tickets you get your psl card you take that to the you know team store get some discount off of gear you know maybe you just want to have a game day wallet that you can have a couple fun things in there or, or one specific card that you want to use you can just take id your PSL card and, you know, a debit card or a credit card to the game and not have to think about it. So I think they're sick for that. You can customize them. Uh, you can put any image you want. So if there's a special occasion that you want to put on there, if you want to put your kids on there, if you want to put, you know, any of your loved ones, anything like that, you can use podcast beat down that code. And I'm really excited to have mine. We did get a free one and it is freaking sick. I've already put all my stuff in there. I'm pumped to have it. Um, I just like having the weight of it and how compact it is. It has a nice money clip on the back too. If you don't really carry around cash. You can also use that in your jeans because you have a little change pouch usually in your jeans. So you can just like clip it to your jeans that way so it's extra secure too. So Zuboot is freaking sick. We're really pumped to have a partnership with them and super excited to, you know, be able to offer something that we actually really like and think that our listeners are too. So make sure to go to Zuboot.com and use Podcast Beatdown. Don't have to just use it on our wallet. can use it on any wallet in the Zuboot store, uh, even if you're designing your own. So Definitely take advantage of that, especially with the holidays coming up and all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys listening and, and hope you guys uh, take our word for it, man, because, you know, advertisements can be BS and stuff, but these are no joke. So sick. So enjoy. Yeah, they're awesome. My brother's actually been in the, the Slim Wallet game for a little bit, and uh, I kind of alternate a little bit. I use uh, my main wallet for, uh, you know, just certain different things. You know, it's actually my main wallet is big enough for my vaccine card, so I kind of still hang on to it for that purpose. But the Zuboot, like I said, it's slim. It gives you the opportunity to uh, carry your cards around in a little bit more of an efficient manner. So I've been rocking it uh, as well in the weeks since I've gotten it. And, it's a little uh, finger slip too, so they're so easy to just pop out. Yeah, it is right there. So yeah, they're really fun. They're really uh, really cool and stylish, and uh, they look good. And you can get our podcast logo on it if you so 
choose to help support the boys. But like Spencer said, you can use them on any product on their site and uh, it comes highly recommended from us. So check out zooboot.com slash discount slash podcast beatdown. Cool. Sweet. All right. Uh, so there is a little bit of news to talk about uh, in the, uh, I guess I would say the unfortunate category uh, in that over the bye week, Malik Harrison, I guess he's from Cleveland. I know he's obviously an Ohio he's State guy. He's from Columbus. He's from Columbus. Um, so he was in Cleveland over the weekend, I believe. Um, and uh, turns out he was at a party. I don't know if it was like a Halloween party or what, but it sounds like he took a, a stray bullet to the calf. So he has been shot, but he's going to be okay, it sounds like. He is on his way back to Baltimore right now. And uh, from John Harbaugh's press conference, it sounds like everything is going to be okay, but uh, a scary situation here with Malik Harrison. Definitely. Uh, thankfully, you know, he's okay. And John Harbaugh said it wasn't a severe situation, but totally, you know, just has to scare the absolute piss out of him and really anybody. I mean, I can't even just imagine, we don't know where he was exactly, but it said, I think it said a gathering was what was released. And I just can't imagine, you know, being there and like the NFL players, the one that catches a straight bullet and, you know, that could have a couple inches in any direction could have, you know, completely changed or even ended his life. So we're, we're really happy for Malik, his loved ones, his family, that it wasn't crazy significant uh, or severe. So our heart goes out to him. Hope that he's okay, able to, you know, be okay, even when, regardless of football or any of that crap, you know, whatever, just in life, we hope he's okay. Uh, someone that we both, you know, really like and seems like a really stand-up young guy. So hopefully he's able to uh, to recover from this just in his own life and, and everything's okay mentally with him after that because that's really traumatic and, and scary as shit, man. Yeah, and he uh, put out a statement earlier uh, on his Twitter, uh, quote, I want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for all the thoughts and prayers that you have sent my way the last 24 hours. I want to thank the EMS crew and the staff at the hospital for treating me, although today has been very overwhelming. I'm excited to get back on the football field very soon, playing the game I love to play, God's plan. So shout He's going to lay people out when he comes back. <laughs> yeah, this will this this will bring some, uh, some perspective into play for him, maybe a little bit, which is, uh, you know, it, it's got to be that's got to be so freaking weird to get shot and then immediately go back to your job. I, I don't know if I would have the mental resolve to do that, but it sounds like he's excited too. So God bless a lot him. of narrative on mental health in the NFL going around Calvin Ridley, some other issues. So hopefully he's able to, to stay on point in that sense. And uh, is able to, you know, get with the right people to keep his mentals and his chickens in a good place. And again, our, our hearts just go out to him and his family and we're glad he's okay. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so as far as other news that we wanted to touch on, there has been some activity as far as the trade deadline goes. We've had uh, obviously a few moves going on today with Von Miller getting sent to the Los Angeles Rams. I saw some Ravens fans getting a little fired up about the fact that uh, they didn't sniff around on that. Um I think they're just kind of angry that they're not making a move specifically because I'm not really sure Von Miller would move the needle for me very much. Uh, but uh, there have definitely been some moves going on. Stefan Gilmore, we already saw, obviously, but uh, been uh, relatively quiet other than that. I feel like in some years it's been a little more active than others, a little, little quiet uh, this time around. The Deshaun Watson situation is still kind of percolating a little bit, so I guess we'll see what happens there. It feels like we get some like update that it's like imminent every other day, basically, at this point, and it just kind of hasn't materialized yet, so... Don't know about all that, but uh, as far as the Ravens go, there are definitely some targets out there. People have floated names like Andre Dillard. I saw you were talking on Twitter today about Deron Payne. Um, you know, it, we, we don't know exactly what it could be. As far as my preference goes, I would say offensive line, but it, it feels kind of hard to, hard to really pinpoint one this year, especially with their limited cap space. I went through a, an article where I kind of started writing just 
using the writing to do the research in a way, which, you know, kind of isn't always the best form to do, but I think it was a useful exercise. And what I kind of ultimately decided on was number one. I mean, I, I was, I, I compared Deron Payne to just like being in Madden and being able to do whatever you want. Like it's just a fantasy and would be something where like, it would be cool. It's hypothetical, you know, can, can talk about some different things about it. Pure speculation, probably not, you know, maybe a 0.01% chance that happens. Who, who the hell knows, but kind of just settled on the fact that you owe it to Lamar Jackson to make sure that you've done everything you can to keep him protected in terms of, and keep him capable and not hindering him or hindering what he can do by not making a move. If you don't feel good about Phillips and McCary and James and uh, uh, Gwebby that they bring in and uh, all these guys, then you, you have to make a move. And, Really, really, it feels like Morgan Moses is probably the best option they could possibly attack. It takes two to tango. We don't know what, you know, the Jets want to do. And I, I talked about that in the article. You know, they could want to protect Zach Wilson just so they can continue to evaluate him when he comes back. Or Mike White just had a crazy game. So, you know, maybe they're like, no, we don't want to trade protection right now. We want to keep these guys and evaluate what we have. Salah feels like uh, I'm never going to give up kind of coach. And I like that about him. He feel like he has a lot of salt and grit and resolve. So, uh, the Eagles as well with Andre Dillard. They're in the same boat. I mean, the Eagles aren't out of it. I think they're three and five. So, um, is that, yeah, three and five, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So, Dillard has been useful for them. They just, they have Lane Johnson, who's missed time. They have Jordan Mailata, who they disinvested in. They still have Dillard for another year. And it's just like tackle is what the Ravens need and I think moves the needle the most. Kadri gets into it a little bit. He thinks Hayden Hurst and Mark Ingram would have done things. And he definitely has a player perspective that we have no uh, – real ability to process like he does without that experience. But um, to me, it's just make sure you're giving Lamar Jackson, whatever you can give him to not have a game like the bills in the playoffs last year, where the entire right side of the line is just folding every other fucking play. And you kind of like piss down your leg in the playoffs again. So are the Ravens like, and Kadri used the word resilient. I had written down in the notes, you know, perseverance is the word I would use to describe. Persevering is what I would say, you know, it's the one word that summarizes what the Ravens are right now. And to not, I, I get that you're kind of tied with one hand behind the back, no Stanley, no Peters and all those things, but just give Lamar what he deserves. If you lose a fourth round pick that is a comp pick, if you can make that happen and it's, you know, some day three draft player next year that has a one in 30 chance of becoming a starter, like just based on how often fourth round picks become like actual quality players, then, then just do it. You have a ton of picks. One pick isn't going to kill you. You're probably a playoff team. You're five and two, like go get Morgan Moses, go get Andre Dillard, go make sure if you're, if you're confident where you're at with uh, Cedric Abway and, you know, I'm going to say his name a thousand different ways till I hear it said out loud, but uh, I think it's good confident it. I in think those it's... guys to get it done, then then you're good to go. But if not, if you have any doubt in your mind, you owe it to him. You owe it to Lamar Jackson. You owe it to this city. You owe it to this team. You owe it to this fan base. Go get someone. Go get someone at right tackle. Yeah, I think it's Obui. I remember like it being Obui. Yeah, I think Obuihi was put out when he was at Texas A&M because I think Obui. he was there with Manziel. Um, um, but yeah, I think it's Obui. I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, that no, would make sense. I'm in total agreement. I think. Uh, if you've shown that it's your MO and that's certainly helped you at times, then you, you should do something. You should find a way. And like it, I would prefer it to be offensive line. It doesn't have to be though. Like I never would have thought that Marcus Peters would be a necessary acquisition, but they go out and do that. And they, they get their self, not only a good player for 2019, but it turns out a cornerstone player for this franchise that might be in the fold for a very long time. So if you find some value in that respect and you can go and get that, then, uh, 
I think that's going to be uh, going to be a good thing for you to do, especially as you uh, enter into a little bit of a transitional period with Jackson's contract coming up, which obviously is sort of the the elephant in the room with all of this stuff. But ultimately, if the move is there to be made, then make it and don't look back because uh, you are to that point entering a transitory phase. And honestly, like it to me, it almost is more about what's going on around you. Like if we're talking about like last year, and I'm looking at the Chiefs last year, I'm I'm just like you know what like. They're not going to get past the Chiefs no matter what they do. Now the Chiefs are looking mortal. All these teams around them are looking mortal. The Bills look pretty freaking good. I would probably say they're number one in the AFC. But like I alluded to on the uh, the recap pod, I was a couple pops deep, and I was talking about the Bengals a little bit, and I was saying, okay, well, you know what, Bengals, big win, great job, but you're in the catbird seat now. So let's see, uh, let's see how you hang on to it. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how you fare as the top of the AFC now. Look what happens. So the this AFC, it's almost like cartoonish how quickly they they pissed on themselves. Yeah, like, well, it's it's almost like they they have a little bit of a franchise uh, history with that kind of stuff. But we don't have to we don't have to get this doesn't have to be a dumping on the Bengals thing. But it's just kind of sure. it's funny how that works, uh, and I think indicative of where the AFC is at right now, including the Ravens. They have their flaws, but if there's a year to capitalize with the Chiefs down like they're down, things this is going to be the one. So if you find a move, make it. And Lamar, at the same time, you know, we feel that this contract is inevitable. He is the Ravens quarterback of now, the the past, the present, and the future at this point. You know, he's in year four. He's been there a couple years. He's doing it now. He's still trying to earn those dollars. So give him every resource to play his ass off right now and earn even more dollars. Like, the dream is that you have to pay him a billion dollars because he goes, you know, he wins the next 50, whatever, 12 games, 15, 14 games, however many it is, to win a Super Bowl. So make sure you're you're putting that air under his wings ultimately. But if they don't, I get it, and I just hope that they, uh, they're they right in doing so because you can beat the Bills. I, th- I agree. I think the Bills are probably the best team in the AFC right now, but everyone's mortal, just like you said. Every game's winnable. Go, go attack. Absolutely. Uh, anything else we got on the docket here? No, uh, we just got the Vikings coming to town. We'll get to that on Thursday and talk about that. Daniel Hunter tore his peck, so that's going to give the Ravens a little bit of a break there. Shame to see that. Daniel Hunter, a really talented player. Uh, been an ugly year around the NFL for injuries. Ravens fans know that better than anyone. So another one kind of bites the dust, so to speak, and it's unfortunate for them. The Vikings are a little desperate, but we'll, we'll get to that later in the week. Let's throw it on over to Kadri, who, again, like we said, gave us absolute electricity in this interview. ton of fun. Appreciate him coming on. It was so, so, so much fun to have him join the conversation. Someone who's a personal favorite of mine growing up back when I was, you know, uh, like, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, back when I was really starting to get into football for the first time. And he was just the classic absolute burner who was also a good wide receiver. And he would take the top off and had some incredible highlights. If you're not familiar, if you're one of our younger listeners, go do yourself a favor, watch him. Kadri, Kadri Ishmael highlights. Great guy, you know, runs a gym. Watch uh, the uh, watch, and I, I've I plugged this a few times, and I've I've had people come to me and thank me for plugging it because it's like it's something that doesn't really get talked about a ton, but as tremendous as the two thousand Ravens America's Game documentary, and one he's of not, their best ones. Yeah, I think it's I think it's my favorite one. Um, and he's not. They have three talking head interviews in it. I think it's Dilfer, Billick, and Ray. Uh, but Cadre is all over it, just like his sound bites on the sideline and like the highlights that he he makes. So yeah, definitely check that out for him too. Yeah, and he's been on the Ravens broadcast team and covering the Ravens for a long time, and you can kind of just tell he he played for the Vikings, the Saints, and the Colts, and the Dolphins as well in his in his career. But uh, clearly, you know, he wins a Super Bowl in Baltimore. Baltimore's in his heart. He lives here. He stays here. He still covers the team, and 
it's, you know, he refers to them as we because he's part of that team. He's a Ravens legend and uh, has a lot of passion for the Ravens, very optimistic and tons of absolute just juice and electricity. So let's throw it on over to that. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, hopefully we're, we're talking about a fun move by the time this episode comes out or, or next episode in the trade deadline. If not, the Ravens, uh, in the words of John Harbaugh, think they have what they need. So it's going to be a, a fun rest of the season. We didn't really do too deep of a dive into like our own stuff, but we get to that with Kadri and hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. And a little housekeeping. I will not be on the preview episode and I may also not be on the recap episode because I'm in uh, New Orleans for a bachelor party. Uh, so hopefully going to be able to track this game pretty well. I'm supposed to travel the day of it too. So we'll see what happens with that, but uh, prepare to hear uh, Voss or somebody else in my place uh, this coming week. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, we'll throw it over to Kadri and uh, I will talk to you guys soon either way. See ya. Arrivederci. All right. We now welcome on a very special guest. It is the man with maybe the coolest nickname that any athlete has ever had. It's Kadri Ishmael, otherwise known as the Missile. Kadri, what did you think the first time you heard someone call you the Missile? So that's interesting because when I look back on my career and the whole nickname thing, I'll go way, way back to my high school days where my brother and I, we were actually, well, he was called the Rocket by my high school track coach who, when we were in eighth grade, he was racing against some seniors and was blowing them away and in some starts. And so this eighth grader, the head track coach noticed, and he had like this kind of, he looked like the penguin from um, Batman. And he was, uh, yeah, that looks like a rocket in the pocket. And so all the seniors like, ha ha, that's rocket. Okay. So that nickname just stuck from there. And obviously his speed was that of legend and all of that. And then um, when I was in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania as well, we were trying to figure out how people in Wilkes-Barre could not put a U in my name and just call me Kadri. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to just, just, just call me GQ. So people from back in the day knew me and know me as GQ. Well, when I got to college, my mom was being interviewed by Andrea Joyce, who was on, on CBS at the time. And she was a sideline reporter. And my mom, I don't know, they were playing Notre Dame, was playing Purdue or something. And she gets down there and she goes, Hi, uh, Mrs. Ismail, your sons, um, you have some unique nicknames. And uh, why don't you tell us? We know your your son, uh, Ragib, um, he has his nickname, The Rocket. She goes, yes, my son, Ragib, he is out there playing right now. Like <laughs> the audience didn't know. She's like, he's out there playing now. And his nickname is The Rocket, of course. And my other son, he's at Syracuse. And his nickname is The Missile. And my other son he is back in high school. His nickname is The Bomb. And I am affectionately known as The Launching Pad. So <laughs> that quote went viral. And as viral as viral can be for back in the day without social media. And I mean, she was the toast of the town. So from that point forward, it was solidified nationally that my nickname was The Missile. You know, it's funny. I never knew that was your nickname. And I almost like... I wouldn't say it ruins anything for me, but you already have one of the coolest names in the world, I think. You, you sound like a Star Wars character, Cadre Ishmael. I like that. See? I like I am the great Jedi of the great Jedi Order. Ah, I like that. I, 
I do uh, like the nickname when it comes to speaking to different schools, especially if you're speaking to elementary school kids and, you know, it's like, everybody know my nickname. No, we don't know. Okay, do you guys know I am faster than all of you? My nickname is The Missile. No, you're not faster than me. I can beat all of you right now. And so then it gets them all up in the lather. So that's where the nickname comes in handy. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does in, in many contexts, to be honest. But uh, I mean, for those of you who are too young, and we definitely uh, we want to talk a little bit of your career uh, with the team as a player. Uh, we didn't write a ton of that down for tonight, but we'd love to circle back with you in the offseason to talk a bunch of that stuff. But uh, one thing we did want to touch on, just to kind of butter you up here before we get going, is... For all the younger listeners, the hard questions are going to be coming. Oh yeah, we're we're just super. We're like Mike Wallace here. We're hard hitting journalists. But you know, you had the most yards in a single game against the Steelers of any Raven ever. What did it feel like absolutely dominating the Steelers in the third quarter of that December day? Which is you know a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a Chris Farley. Hey, remember when you did this? That was really cool. But like you know, how was that? We lose you. That's what happens when you start talking about the Steelers. They just gotta jack you all up. You know what? I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna cut you. uh, I was, I was gonna cut you cutting out out of that. But now that you said that, this is gonna stay in. Good, good. See, that's what happened. They try to. No, what what actually did happen? uh, To be all honest with you, is that the people from Cleveland, they were all just verklempt because they knew that their off season championship that they win every year every Every year year. like wow oh my god cleveland's going to the playoffs this year okay said the analyst that knows nothing and then all of a sudden we get on we're about to talk some shop and then they just they just jinxed us and it just froze the whole thing so Mm. you were saying something about dominating pittsburgh as we always do but of course something about back in the day domination i shall Tell you and regale the story of 258 yards of pure, unadulterated awesomeness by the missile, number 87. So, here's the crazy thing about it. We go in at halftime. Brian Billick was literally pissed. Why? Because our passing offense was like next to nothing. It was awful. It was terrible. And... I was sitting there saying, okay, I was brought in here. I know his offense. I know what to do. I'm supposed to be the uh, big man on campus and do this thing. Well, unfortunately, I didn't show anything for it in the first half. I need to go ahead and redeem the receiving core. And so I went out. First play was a backside, what we call dig route. So it was a 15-yard end cut. And I think it was Chad Scott, the defensive back. I beat him, catch it, turn up field. And it was like a cloudy day. It was December. And, but it wasn't bad, though. It was Three River Stadium that doesn't exist anymore. But um, it turned into one of those times where everything, I just could do no wrong. And it felt like I was out at practice just running routes on air, how I was you know, going at it with the different defensive backs. I had two of the three touchdowns. All three went for 50 yards or more. Looked that up. NFL top, I think six all-time at that time, maybe top three for 250-plus, plus three touchdowns that went for 50-plus yards. I don't know where it stands today. Could be broken. Who knows? 
Anyway, I digress. Then two of the plays were skinny posts that went for a touchdown. And then the third one was a stop and go that went for the final and third touchdown. And you look back on it, 258 yards, offensive player of the week. And uh, yeah, it still stands to today. So there's something to be said about longevity. And it's interesting you bring up longevity. And also, you took a lick in that game, if I recall correctly, from uh, Shields, that DB. And I think I, I think I wrote it down. And so, yeah, here it is. Rib, lung, intestine, and kidney. He gave me a hit, but didn't wrap up, said Ishmael, who fought stomach muscle spasms the rest of the game. Feels good now, but it hurts. I think a win cures a lot of the aches and pains. So even <laughs> after going off, Taking a lick, you still had a little tongue-in-cheek there for him. Just just a little salt in the wound for Pittsburgh, as usual. And the crazy thing about it, I think they they uh, they cut him. <laughs> I don't know if he finished out the season, but eventually he was gone from the team after that display. Um, he sized me up well. I mean, he came down from his free safety position. My ribs were exposed, my spleen. I had a little bit of the kidney, but the liver was on the other side. So it was a little bit, you know, protected. And as I went up, boom, it just hit me. Literally, as I was going down, I see the yellow end zone. And I was like, wow, what if I just laid down there as opposed to here? I think I can score. And so all of the things that was within me said run. So I don't know if Forrest Gump was out then, but it was like a Forrest Gump run, Forrest run type of a moment ran into the end zone, and literally just fell down. And my boys came over, yo, Q, you all right? I was like, no, I, I just, it hurts. So the trainers came over, and I was like, all right, Q, you scored a touchdown. What happened? I was like, I just, got, it hurts. It's my, I was like, hey, can I just lay here for a second? No, Q, get up. Okay, all right, all right, here we go. Let's get up. So then I got up, ran over to the sideline, and yeah. Um, the crazy thing about it, the third touchdown it was a third down play. Billy Davis was in for me for the first and second down. The third down, Matt Cavanaugh, offensive coordinator, looks over at me and he goes, Q, what are you, what are you doing? Get, are you okay? I was like, heck yeah, I'm okay. So I ran in there and I was like, Billy, Billy, get your ass off. So I go in there and they called, you know, the, the uh, stop and go. And I just kind of smiled because I was like, oh yeah, I'm about to get him. So went ahead. Awesome too. They think you're a little beat up. Had to come out, come right back in. You hit him with a double move. (laughs) Boom, boom. Just the dead leg, stinky leg. Pow! He just thought he had me, but he didn't. See, the Three River Turf caused him to trip up, and he didn't know I was originally from Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, other side of the state. But it still counted. (laughs) All my friends was up there watching, and I was like, "Yeah, see, this is how we do. We're used to this turf, even though you didn't know I played on this kind of stuff in high school." See, you're from North Carolina because it was Dwayne Washington. I was like, you from North Carolina State. You don't know any better. You're used to all that natural grass. But then you played in Minnesota with me. So we knew each other. And I knew you knew that I knew that the double move was going to get you. It all worked out. Boom. As you said, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. That had to be, I mean, you had a big game against the Jags. You went on that Super Bowl run, got the ring, the bling, bling, all the good stuff. I've got you on my Mount Rushmore. I, I used to, I was a little kid back then, man. I used to have a blast watching you. Four years on the Ravens. Some of my best memories as a Ravens fan. Absolutely. And Kadri, you mentioned a word kind of transitioning a little bit. 
you mentioned the word longevity. And looking back on your career, you were able to play in 15 or more games in eight different seasons, which alone is just an insane accomplishment in the NFL, especially back then. Like, it was a different sport back then than it is today. And, of course, you also run a gym, if I'm not mistaken, where you train young athletes and help them with their biomechanics and all that good stuff. So I just wanted to ask you, what advice would you give to a young athlete or, you know, maybe a young player in the league that's rebounding from injury right now? And obviously something that's plagued the Ravens so much this year, but how do you stay out of the trainer's room and, and stay on the field? Yeah, and, and I appreciate that uh, question because when I got into the NFL, my mindset was I, I want to play uh, 10 years. And I'd love to have played, knowing what I know now, I'd love to have played more. Um, I think, you know, sometimes what you, you say, you set forth that into reality and you got to make sure you speak life as opposed to speaking something that can backfire against you. Because I felt like at year number 10, the game slowed down for me and I was prepared to continue to play. But nonetheless, the C3, C4 neck fusion that I had um, had to kind of curtail the career and I went off into the world of broadcasting. But when it came to the art of healing and when it comes to young athletes today, the one thing that I'll say, when you are running and when you are moving, there is a proper way to move and then there is an incorrect way to move and there's an incorrect way to train that movement. To simplify the words that are coming out of my mouth, the acronym G-O-A-T-A, GOTA, it stands for the greatest of all time actions by the greatest of all time athletes. And so for me, as I started to progress in sports performance training, people obviously knew that I was fast and they wanted me to train their daughter or their son in their respective sports. But as I started getting more and more into it, I started to think to myself, why is it that when you lift and lift weights, when I say a bench, a deadlift, a squat, why is it you're hurt? Why is it you're sore? And it takes so much to overcome it. Whereas when you're doing more what I call functional movement, you don't have that soreness. And so it took me literally up until last year to recognize that there's a better way to train, to have elastic strength over absolute strong man strength that serves to hurt, not help you. Elastic strength is the durability of the athlete. The elastic strength, a la, for example, a, a Tom Brady um, who is playing well beyond his years. Clearly, he's playing a position of quarterback. Clearly, some of the rules favor you know, the quarterback play, but his elasticity, his, his ability to be pliable is still evident or else he wouldn't be out there playing at the high level that he's playing. And so... To help an athlete overcome injury, and unfortunately, the reason why you see the J.K. Dobbins slash Gus Edwards of the world, it's because trainers, unfortunately, have the wrong blueprint. Whereas Goda looks to help an athlete as well as any person, doesn't really matter. My clientele ranges from age seven all the way up to 64, and uh, the 64-year-old definitely is 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 not an athlete. They're, they're looking to have longevity of life. Quality and of so life. exactly. Thank you. And that quality, both on the field of play or just hanging out, going up and down a, a, a set of stairs or 
chilling out with your friends or going out and hanging out with your grandkids, whatever it might be, that person's needs. If you train the nervous system correctly, which Goda does, then you are going to put yourself in position where that non-contact injury, which is what happened to JK, Gus Edwards, and Marcus Peters, that non-contact injury, it, it pretty much is eliminated. And you have an opportunity to continue to, to move around uh, healthy and not worrying about whether or not you're going to have a, a knee shred or an Achilles shred. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think it's uh, it's something that I'm glad that you're kind of touching on and that we're talking about a little bit because it is sort of a, a more nuanced conversation than you see on Twitter a lot of the time where some of these injuries happen and, you know, people on Twitter immediately start to kind of call out the Ravens training staff and all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, like it is sort of a thing where there is some personal responsibility to it as well, where you got to stay on top of it. And also freak injuries can just happen. So I think that's a really interesting uh, conversation and that's great stuff that you're doing there. But uh we have uh, we have kind of danced it around it danced around it a little bit. We did bring you on to uh, talk about this 2021 Ravens team a little bit, and uh, with them set to embark on the second half of their schedule here, what has uh, impressed you about this squad so far? I think the word resiliency. Obviously, you know you, you knew going into the year that you had a loaded squad, very talented squad. Then the injury bug hit. With that injury bug came a reshuffling of your your mindset of what you have as far as the pieces in place. But with that, you look at them going into this first half of the year and, you know, five and two, who would have thought it? You know, I, I certainly knew that it would be a, a tough uphill battle just because injuries, you know, are, are, are difficult to overcome. Um, I know for John Harbaugh, one of the things that – I appreciate about him and his staff historically is when they have had injuries, they've done such a good job of preparing that second and third string guy to go out and compete and compete well. And that's what has made their teams uh, competitive uh, in spite of, you know, what has looked at as the injuries. So that's one thing. I think also Lamar Jackson now, we saw what he did in his MVP season, and it looked amazing. He's elevated himself to a, another level this season, and he is really the reason why they are in the position of 5-2. and two. Um, I just think his play has been out of this world. Um, he's, he's done an amazing job of his charisma is one thing, but – uh, his football IQ just continually impresses me um, as we've seen him grow and and just blossom as as the dominant quarterback that he is. It's no reason why um, you look at the record of, what is it? He has more wins than Dan Marino does uh, before the age of 25, I believe. The most and ever. that, right, that Dan Marino held the record. So, yes, you're right. He's, he's. He, meaning Lamar Jackson, sits at the top of the list. And when you look at, you know, how it's done, it's large part to due to Lamar Jackson. Um, and that's one thing that I would say is, is really uh, been so impressive this year. Spot on. And at this point, you know, the trade deadline's looming, and maybe by the time this podcast comes out tomorrow morning, there might be a little bit of a change there. 
or maybe not. And at this point, and you were alluding to it, Kadri, the Ravens are kind of, you know, they're like a swordsman or a fighter fighting with one hand tied behind their back. They do have Marcus Peters and Ronnie Stanley, two all pros on the injured reserve. They do have several key role players who haven't even played this year, starters, guys of that nature. But what do you think the Ravens should do right now? And this 4 p.m. trade deadline's coming up. Should they buy or, or should they sit tight? And if you think they should buy, where do you think someone could make a significant impact? Yeah, you know, it's so tough to to really read the mind of Eric DaCosta. I know he's been aggressive before when it came to trades. Um, obviously, you know, last year they were struggling as far as getting to the quarterback and um, made a trade that I don't think really worked out well um, for either party. And, and you know, he went away. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Plays for the loss. Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, yeah, Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe, I think, you know, and then this is the tough part. You, you, you have a certain way about you that you play. And if, a, if the style doesn't fit, then you're going to not gel within that system. And I think for him, it just didn't fit. And I don't think he, you know, was the, the trade hope that they were looking for as far as getting to the quarterback on a consistent basis. Um, but with that said, you know, yeah, do you, you know, go out there and, and try to trade for a running back? Well, Derrick Henry went down. Um, and and in came uh, Adrian Peterson for that team. That that kind of is a a fit, if you will. But I think for what the Ravens do, it's 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 really difficult. It's I would have loved to have seen them trade for Mark Ingram. Um, my God, man, he went back down to New Orleans. And the thing is, it's it's it's. It's more than what he can do because certainly you have to produce on the field, but that off field, just the way his personality and his, I mean, big trust doesn't come about unless you have a Mark Ingram in your locker room, creating that kind of environment. And that phrase, um, the way they walked around with swagger, uh, was because of him and confidence, so much confidence and energy that he brings positive energy just bursting at the seams with it 100 100 and and i don't not that i'm saying that you know the other guys don't have that they're just different you know personality wise but you know if there's some offense alignment out there sure you know maybe kick the tires and see how that is if there's some linebacker out there that you know can tackle man all right now come on let's let's, let's look at it but there's no one in my mind that I've seen or I have looked at from others who I respect their their thoughts that I'm like, yeah, they they definitely can uh, go to the Ravens. Everybody seems to be caught up on a receiver. Oh, we should trade for Allen Robinson. I'm like, man, kick some rocks, bro. Like the receiving core is 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 strong. It's solid. I don't think you need another guy. I just think you need. Every all hands on deck, healthy, and I think those guys are going to be coming back. When I say those guys, meaning Sammy Watkins, and I think you know the more Bateman plays, the more he's going to get into his groove. I still think that Duvernay and Prochet, they they both are hungry, so that hunger motivates them to to keep showing up, even if they get one or two breadcrumbs at the table. If they're open, Lamar's going to find them. So. That whole receiver thing, I, I I don't agree with as far as like, oh, we need to trade for a receiver. I, I don't agree with that at all. 
they're so much better at that spot than they were a year ago. And I think uh, they went into the offseason with a renewed focus to really fix it. And I think it's paying dividends. What do you see as a receiver that they're doing differently this year that's, you know, allowed to them to facilitate this improvement? You know what would be amazing? I'm, I'm not speed bumping over your question. Would be if Hayden Hurst was traded back to the Ravens and we had bully ball all over again. We like that. Boyle's them coming three. back too. Should be, you know, this week, Nick, next week. I'm about to say, yes, sir. Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, and, and Mark Andrews. I mean, them dudes defined what bully ball was all about. And, and I thought, you know, they shine tremendously. But if, if there was a trade, that, that, that's who I would love to, to see back in, in, in the fold. Um, but you were saying about the receivers as far as the group as a whole. Yeah. What is like, I'm just curious, like if you have any kind of insight from your experience playing, like, are they doing anything differently? Do you think it's the coaching additions that have been kind of much bandied about? What, what do you think is the improvement there? A thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, the art of receiver with both Keith Williams, as well as T Martin, it's so just, just on the same page better. Then you add in the route concepts that they put into play and Greg Roman, give him credit for, you know, not having an ego, but recognizing, hey, all right, well, let's put this into action. And, you know, I think they had a plan A, which was amazing, which was, you know, we're going to run the ball down your throat. But then they also had a weak plan B, which was throwing the ball this year. You, you don't beat the Chiefs if, if you're not throwing the ball. This year, you don't get to kick a 66-yarder if you don't convert on a fourth and 23. You know, this year, you don't go to Denver uh, unless you, 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 have, you have passing game, you will travel. You know, it is one of those things where they have a good, strong uh, plan B. If you think you can stop us, we got something that can, can thwart your efforts. So long story short of it, I think this year is a combination, yes, a good strong offseason mixed in with the fact that you have coaches that are, are infusing and empowering these guys with wisdom and knowledge of the art of playing wide receiver. Beautifully said. And, yeah, when uh, hard work meets talent, you're going to have those positive results there. And the Ravens have absolutely had that. The irony of maybe the run game not being as legendary as it has been the last couple of years. But like you said, that pass game will travel. You can quiet a crowd with a quick passing game, and the Ravens have been able to do it. So with everything that we've kind of mentioned here, we wanted to get you to play a little fortune teller. And we've had some, some fun cartoonish voices and things, so I think the little crystal ball coming out suits perfectly. So when you think... Now let's look ahead. When this 2021 season is all wrapped up, it's the off season. It's, you know, mid, late February. We're getting ready for free agency in the draft. What is the narrative around this Ravens team? Where were they to end this season? And what are they looking like going into next year? So if my crystal ball is clear um, and working correctly, that means that we didn't have a lot of snow in the wintertime and, when I go out there and watch the games, I'm going to be able to travel to and fro uh, on the Beltway without having to worry about people driving crazy. So that's good. That's good. I don't know if that's I mean, ever going to happen, but ball. okay. Okay. All right. You know, crystal ball time now. You know, come on now. You got to, got to, got to like, bam, bam, have some vision. All right. All right. So with the, the vision, I am seeing that now in my crystal ball 
revisionist history. Everybody was jumping on Cincinnati, but you know, we kind of had to do a little something, something with the Jets and the Eagles to then allow like Johnny Unitas's number to be put upon Joe Flacco. And Joe went over to the Jets to then give a little purple love to said Jets going up against the people who have stripes on their helmet called the Bengals from Cincinnati, which is in Ohio that people don't even know is in Ohio, but it's Southern Ohio, Southern. Because of that Southernality, they got their asses whooped. Now that they got them whooped, hey, they're not the king of the mountain in the AFC North anymore, okay? So we allowed that all that hype to just get on them and they just pooped the bed and Joe Flacco with his giant United's number plus, you know, Super Bowl MVP for the Ravens back in 2012, all of that just came together and now see a clear shot to win the AFC North. Therefore, Crystal Ball says they're going to make the playoffs and in said playoffs, they will advance the AFC Championship game. From there, the Crystal Ball just went fuzzy because now it's deep into, you know, January, February, and it couldn't look that far ahead. We love it. Well, sometimes Crystal Ball technical difficulties happen, so we'll, we'll give you a pass on that, but we uh, we do like to hear that very much, and uh, I think we might be uh, in, in some agreement with you on that with uh, the way the AFC is shaping up right now, but... Uh, Last one before we kind of kind of get you rolling here. We love the Purple Pregame Show on WJZ. I always loved you in the years you were in the the booth with Jerry there. Um, and you've made a really, I think, a, a really successful transition from the field uh, into the booth. One of my one of my more favorite personalities in that regard, I think. So, what's kind of what's been the most fun part of working on the media side these last you know couple you know fifteen years or so? Yeah, I, I mean, I had some great memories. A lot of those memories, obviously, were. Calling games, you know, for example, the Mile High Miracle where Denver Bronco fans were just ragging on our booth and to like, whoo, when I saw Jacoby get past the safety and him catch that ball, lost my mind. And that is my favorite. You know, that is, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. That is my favorite sure. goal in the history of the team. Just the, the <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> I, the I, 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 and shock. Yeah, like, because I'm telling you, they must have never seen a broadcast booth in the press area before in their life because I'm like, mother of pearl, y'all do this to every team? I mean, they just kept looking up at us. And so me, the competitor, I was like, man, if we win. And, you know, sure enough, I think it was Dennis Pitta's third and 12 conversion. And then I think Ray Rice had a big play. And then it set up, you know, Justin Tucker and, Obviously, they just went off on the field triumphant, and I was like, oh, my God. But there were some other cool ones. I know um, the the obviously the Super Bowl where the halftime uh, performance of Beyonce was amazing, but Homegirl just, like, did something to the, the breakers, and they just, it just broke, and the lights went out. Well, all the lights went out, and so our broadcast booth went out, and we were on our phone doing – like the fill-in and that was some of the best radio that I've done that I felt like it was just working. I mean, we were in a groove and just describing things and, and really talking a mixture of football throughout the year, plus that game in the first half. Um, so yeah, just, just memories like that, obviously interacting with so many fans 
um, from a radio aspect of things, um, interacting with different fans when going to the different, um, you know, booths around the, the stadium during game day. Um, yeah, I love it. Love it. Both radio, TV. Um, it's really been cool to uh, get a chance to see some of the different broadcasters that did my games that are still going. And, you know, like Kevin Harlan, I had no idea he did, you know, some of my football games. But, you know, looking back on YouTube, you could find anything. And it was just amazing to, to see that, to hear it. And obviously from a podcast standpoint nowadays, you know, getting a chance to come on and, and talk to you gentlemen. And obviously you guys are like, hey, man, I remember when you were such and such and I was a little kid. And I'm like, wow, okay, if I had even the smallest of influence on, huh, when I get older, there's going to be a thing called social media. And I'm going to be a podcaster. And then you just do it. I mean, in all seriousness, that that's... That's pretty badass. So, you know, I love it. I love the interaction with fans, and and I think that um, it's what sports is all about. Things that are badass, going for two sixty on the Steelers, and podcasting. So, guess we're just uh, three badasses in here. We'll we'll steal your valor on that one, Kadri. This has been. I'm not even blowing smoke up your rear end, man. This has been. I think the most fun interview we've ever done. It's yeah, this is this is up there on the. On the, I, on the I've been smiling. Here. I don't know if you're watching Kadri. Kadri's just doing audio for our listeners, but. Uh, I, I've been smiling from ear to ear this entire time. This has been incredible. I don't know many guys either that have legs that can burn premier athletes and a voice for radio like yours. You could seriously do like Pixar movies. I feel like you're a great voice actor. You got that, that whole special <laughs> raspy going on. So, well, I, 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 I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, I, uh, I enjoy the energy of, of dudes who, you know, they're, they're as excited and, and into trying to, speak to their fan base and, and everything. And, and obviously this is a uh, easy interview for me because you guys obviously have that good energy. So uh, woo I will, uh, I will say that it was fun. And if I can be on at another time and hopefully my hair is shaven and my teeth, I will floss them purposely. Then I will be on video. You have to come back on. I think you're, you're officially a friend, a best friend of the podcast now. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And Kadri, please plug yourself. I know you had some weird incident go on with Twitter at some point too. Tell everybody where to find you, where to find your stuff, plug your gym, plug anything you want to. Yes, um, yes, yes. So it's, I am Kadri Ismael. Um, it used to just be plain old Kadri Ismael. Then Twitter just was like, nope. And, and, and it just stopped. It just like, wow. Okay. Well, okay. Algorithm. I don't know what I said or did or what, or however, um, but yeah, no, I am Kadri Ismael. And then as far as my training, um, literally you can DM me on I am Kadri Ismael. It's GOTA. GOTA basically stands for greatest of all time actions. I teach you how to run. I teach you how to move correctly. If you want to get out of pain, knees, back, shoulders, whatever, um, there's an awesome opportunity for you to enhance your speed of play on whatever the sport uh, girls, boys, uh, college athletes, men, women, doesn't matter. You get an opportunity to improve your, your, uh, gate mechanics. You'll improve your, your elastic strength. So definitely DM me on Twitter is the best way to do that. Um, DM me on Twitter. If you want to, uh, talk football, I won't answer. I won't. But if you go ahead and reach out to me on Twitter, on my timeline, then I'll answer you back 
But, you know, if you keep it nice. Now, if you're rude about it and you're a Steeler fan, it's okay. It's hard for you to accept the fact that Ben is about to be done. Oh, God, Ben, we love you so much. Yeah, we know you do love him, but we don't, okay? So we don't have to worry about interacting with you. And good job for defeating the offseason paper champions in the Cleveland Browns. So there, I said it. Follow me on I am Kadri Smile. That is one hell of a sign-off. Thank you, buddy. We'll get you out of here, and uh, you enjoy the rest of your night, okay? Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you. Later. Thanks, Kadri. Gorlami. Gorlami. Arrivederci. 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 Arrivederci.